We are about to begin the second Aliyah, second Parsha of the Sedra of the Week. The Sedra of the Week is Truma, and we will now begin Shani until Shalishi. Again, this is Sviher Schweinrib. I uh, will try to focus and emphasize Pshat, the simple meaning of the uh, Parsha according to Rashi, uh, and try to make clear uh, what really calls for a visual presentation. Yesterday, we studied until Shani, and we learned about the Oron. We learned about, essentially, the big, large box in which the Luchos, and according to some, Sefer Torah, was contained. We left off by pointing out that the box is now, at this point in the Parsha, an open box. The top is completely open. It's gold, wood, gold, wood at the core, gold inside and outside. Its contents, as I mentioned, are the Luchos and perhaps the Sefer Torah as well. There is a Zer Zahov, a golden crown around the rim, but otherwise... The top of it is absolutely open. Now we're beginning to learn about the lid which was placed on top of the open box. And the lid is called the Chapores. Chapores. And the Pesach begins with Shani, with Rebona Shalom telling Moshe, tell the Jewish people, the Osiso Chapores Zohov Tohor that they should make a lid, Rashi translates, kapores is a kisui, a covering, a lid for the Oron, made out of pure gold. And the lid should be as wide and as long as the Oron itself, which is exactly fit over the top of the Oron. Two amos and a half in length, one amo and a half in width. And again I said the amo is... 18 inches or perhaps a bit more. So Amosayim Bochetzi would be uh, twice 18, 36, and then half, 9, 45 inches long. And Amo Bochetzi, one Amo and a half, 27 inches approximately wide. On top of this lid, and as we will see, the lid is made of one solid block of gold. In that same block of gold, the top of it was shaped and sculpted into the form of two keruvim, two angelic childlike figures, cherubs, it's often um, translated. The Yosiso Shnayim Keruvim Zahov. You should make two of these keruvim out of gold. Mikshota Asa Usom Mishnei Kitsos they should be not made separately and then melted or screwed on to the base, but rather they should be sculpted from the base itself. So they have one solid block of gold, which in the end looks like a base and two sculptures of Kruvim rising from it. Um... And these two kruvim should be at the two ends of the kapores. Va'aseh. And you should fashion 
Kruv echod mikotsa mize, At one end, one kruv. Uchruv echod mikotsa mize, and one kruv at the other end. So the two kruvim are two sculptures at the ends of the length of the um, kapores. Min hakapores ta'asu es hakruvim al so from the ends, you have a solid block of gold, a flat tablet of gold. Out of that, at the ends, you bang out, you sculpt out and upwards two kruvim. The Nitziv, in his commentary, Ha'amek Ndovor, wonders why it says again in Pasuk Yutes Al Shnei Kitsosov, after having already said in Pasuk 18, Mishnei Kitsosa Kaporis. We get the message. The kruv is supposed to be at the end of the um, length, the two opposite ends of the length of this lid. The um, Nitziv answers that this means they are to be really near the end, within three fingers breadth of the end of the Oron. Close, close to the end. Now, these kruvim are to be shaped as follows. First of all, what are the kruvim? Rashi says that the kruvim have the face of a tinok, childlike faces. The Malbim points out that the Gemara and the Seches Yoma says that these two kruvim, one was shaped as a boy, a little boy, and the other as a little girl, a young girl. Malman says this is implicit in the words Pasuk Yotres, Viosiso Shnayim Kruvim. Doesn't say Viosiso Shnei Kruvim. Either way, it means make two Kruvim. But, insists the Malman, whenever the Torah says Shnei, it means two identical or two objects which resemble each other. When it says Shnayim, it means two different. The Kruvim are different. And therefore, says the Malbim, the, um, the Chazal knew that these two Kruvim, while well, each had the Demus Partsov Tinok, each had the image of a child, one was a male child, one was a female child. The Chizkuni mentions the fact that this is, interestingly, uh, almost a violation of the Pasuk, which we learned back two weeks ago in Parshish Yisro, of not making graven images. And here it was Mutor. This is a special heter. And it's interesting, the Gemara says in Meseches Chulon, Dav Kavtes, Everything, for everything that the Torah prohibited, there is something out there in the world that resembles that which is permitted. There is a fish that tastes like pig, so pig is also, but that fish is mutter, etc. So too, um, say the Mephorshim, is true of the Kruvim. In general, one is not to make graven images. That's losa However, there are certain instances when it's mutor, and that is the kruvim. Torah says it's prohibited, but in this case, it's permitted. In any event, we have now these two kruvim. Let's look further into a description of what they looked like. Pasukhov, 
For Hayu Hakruvim Porseich Nofayim Lamalo. The Kruvim had wings, and these wings were extended upward. So that these wings constituted a sukkah, a, a, a shadow or a canopy over the kapores. In fact, ten, the, 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 uh, spread wings, uh, enveloped a distance of ten tfochim from, ten fist lengths, fist breadths from the lid until the wing. Ufnehem ish el ochiv. And one faced the other. There's a machlokis in the Gomorrah where they actually faced each other directly, face to face, or whether the, each face was kind of angled off to the side. El hakapores yihiyu pnei So they faced toward each other, down toward the kapores, toward the lid. Venosato es hakapores al haoro milmola. Take this lid, golden lid, kruvim part of that lid, sculpted out of the top of that lid, standing erect, facing each other, wings spread as a sukkah over the lid, that lid is now placed upon the oron. And then the Torah says something which seems repetitive, and Rashi points this out. In the oron, place the edus, place the luchos, uh, which I will give uh, to you. Uh, and, and Rashi says that this is to mean, must mean, this repetition must mean, that before you put the kapores on, the luchos should already be inside uh, the kapores. Others suggests, suggest various other uh, approaches for the repetition. We already learned in Pasuk Tesvav that the edus, the tablets, should be in the aron. Some say that this is to emphasize that the tablets must always be in the uh, oron. Just as the shulchan always had bread upon it, so too the oron always must have the tablets in it. Uh, this is suggested by Rabbeinu Bachia and also by the Maharal in his commentary, Gur Aryeh. I will appear to you, I will encounter you, I will meet you there. God says to Moshe, I will speak to you from above the kapores. As Rashi explains, the voice of God will emanate from the midst of this lid as if it's coming from between the two kruvim. The two kruvim which are on the Aron, which contains the Luchos. And I will speak to you, what will I speak to you? All that I have to tell you in the way of mitzvot, to tell Am Yisrael, my voice will emanate from this Kaporis, as I say, and Rashi stresses, emanate, but the voice will um, radiate out toward the Ohel Moed, where Moshe will be sitting. It's interesting, Rashi here comments, on the meaning of the Vav, in Pasuk Chav Be'ez, We do not have that Vav in our Sifrei Torah, and the Meforshe Rashi uh, assumed that Rashi had a text which did have the Vav, uh, we no longer have that text. It reads easier without the Vav. So now we have the Oron, on top of the Oron, the Kapores and the Kruvim. 
Now we're moving on to another one of the Kleha Mishkon, another one of the furnishings of the Mishkon, namely the table. Why a table? Ramban says that every great blessing which comes into the world has a um, a kind of a, a miniature a symbolic blessing to start with. And then the blessing extends outward from that uh, miniature. From that miniature. Now, the um, the um, Shulchan, says the Ramban, represents food, wealth, parnosa. So the brachos of food and wealth and parnosa emanate out from that Shulchan. That Shulchan is the shoresh, the root of all of God's blessings. And there are other uh, mystical or symbolic explanations for why a shulchan, why a table. But all we have in the Torah and all we can deal with in this little lecture which stresses the pshat, the simple meaning, is what the table looked like, how it was fashioned. And now we will learn that this shulchan was fashioned of shitim, of shitim wood, same as the basic material of the oron, shitim wood. The shulchan was amosayim orko, two amos long and one amo wide and an amo and a half high. And the shulchan, like the oron, is to be covered with gold. Vitzipisa oso zahov tahor, it should be covered with gold. Whether this gold only covered the top of the shulchan or the shulchan was round about covered with gold is a dispute among the Mufarshim. For those interested in some details, I refer you to a Tosfus in Meseches Chagiga, Tafchavov Omedbeis, Dibur Hamaschil Khan, which explains uh, or suggests that the Shulchan was also a triple Shulchan, gold, wood, gold, just like the Oron was a triple Oron, gold, wood, gold. But others say, that the shulchan was merely covered on the top, the top layer was uh, gold. Uh, this is a matter of discussion among the Mephoshim. But the Pasuk says, cover it with gold and make around the top of the shulchan a zer zahov, a golden crown. So just as the oron had a crown, the keser Torah, the crown of Torah, so too the shulchan has a crown, a zer, the crown of Malchus, the crown of royalty, of majesty, of wealth. Then we have a uh, problematic uh, posuk. Uh, problem, the posuk is not problematic. We have problems in understanding it. The Osisalo Misgeres Tofach Soviv. Around the Shulchan you should make a frame. The frame should be a Tefach high. And around the frame should be this crown. Rashi insists it's the same crown. It's not a second crown. The crown around the table is the crown around the misgeret, the frame. Where was this frame? Rashi explains there are two different opinions. The Chachme Yisrael, the sages of Israel, have a dispute. Some say... The frame was around the top of the table. 
Above the table, there was a frame. Rashi says that uh, he's seen that type of a frame in uh, royal tables. Some say the frame was, no, below the top of the table, around the legs of the table. So some say the miscaris was lamala, on above the top of the table, the surface of the table, and some say the miscaris was around the legs of the table, miscarto lemata, two different opinions. Obviously, the next pasuk depends upon those two opinions. The next pasuk says that we should make for the table, just as we had for the oron, for the ark, four rings. Remember, Rashi insisted it was four and not eight rings. So four rings, so too the table should have four rings. And these rings should be put on the four corners of the table by the four legs of the table. And these rings should be le'umas hamisgeres, opposite the frame. Obviously, if the frame is above, then the uh, rings are just below the table, uh, just below the frame. If the frame is below, it's not clear whether the rings are on the frame, above the frame, below the frame. This too is discussed in detail in the various uh, Mofortion. But in any case, the table had four rings on its four legs. The purpose of these rings is as containers for the um, receptacles for the poles, for the rods, for the badim. The Aron had its bod, uh, rods which went through the rings. The shulchan, the table, has rods which go through its rings. And these rods are inserted through the rings and the table is carried by the rods. So the rods, the rings, are as batim levadim. They are as houses, so to speak, receptacles, openings through which the poles, the rods, are indented to carry the shulchan. What are these rods made of? The osiso es habadim These rods or poles are made of shitim wood, uh, just like the rods of the aron, um, made of shitim wood. Remember we explained shitim uh, wood is a very light but strong wood. Um, and v'tzipisa osam zahov, they too, like the rods and poles of the aron, are covered with gold. Uh, now the word Nisa could mean and we will carry. It could be first person plural for the verb carry. Rashi insists that's not what it means here. Here it's in the Nifal. It means the Nisa Vom The Shulchan will be carried by those poles. The next Pasuk Chavtes talks about the various um, materials which were attached to or placed upon the Shulchan in various ways. Now we will learn in Parshas Emor in detail what is placed upon the Shulchan. What's placed upon them are 12 breads, two stacks of six each. And the exact shape of the breads will be explained again in Parshas Emor. 
Here, the Torah just briefly alludes to the bread, but instead discusses and lists the various pans, poles, and rods which contained and supported the breads. Rashi has two approaches here. We will stress Rashi's first approach to what these various utensils are. You should make the dishes, the plates for the breads. Says Rashi, the, these ka'aros, these plates, are uh, open-ended, they're shaped kind of like a U, and the bread is placed in there. So the ble- bread has kind of walls and an open space. It's more or less a U-shaped um, a container. It's made of um, metal and cooked that way, of iron, and then the bread is removed from the iron frame and put into a gold frame. So this ka'ora, this plate, says Rashi, this plate, says Rashi, is uh, a actually a defus, a, a form into which the bread is placed. That is utensil number one, ka'orosav. Utensil number two, chaposav. Kaposov, says Rashi, are simply cups or goblets into which the incense is placed. We will learn that upon each stack of six breads is placed a clump or a lump of incense. That incense is not placed directly on the bread, as we will learn. It is placed into a cup, a kaf, a spoon-type container. So that's Utensil number two, ka'orosov v'chaposov. Then numbers three and four, kisosov u'manakiyosov. Rashi has two opinions. Rashi's first opinion is kisosov refers to rods, uh, also U-shaped rods, which were inserted between each bread. Let's say you have a stack of six breads. So between the first bread and the bottom and the next that next layer of bread, number two, up just above it, you have three rods which support bread number two and keep it at some distance above bread number one. So you have bread number one on the floor of the, of the table. Above that, three rods. Uh, and above those rods, another bread. Above that, three rods. Above that, a bread, etc., etc., the three rods support each bread and hold it at some distance from the bread below so that the two breads don't press upon each other and there's kind of air space between the bread as it is stacked. These rods, in turn, are inserted into erect vertical poles and those are the menachios of. So the menachios are vertical rods which extend from the floor way upwards above the table and from each of those vertical rods protrude six le- six floors six levels of um of kisosub of, of 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 rods and those rods contain the bread so now what you have is the bread contained in the kaoros above each bread three um, 
three uh, rods, kasosov, supporting each bread and holding it distinct from the bread below and supporting vertically, supporting these horizontally placed rods are these erect poles and those are the menakios. Asher yusach bohem, Rashi would have to say that the kasosov, the rods, are uh, uh, are protecting, are covering, are uh, the ceiling, so to speak, the canopy over each bread. So each bread is has above it a sukkah. The sukkah is the horizontal rods which are supported by the vertical menakios. Rashi over the second shot in which menakios are the rods, uh, ver- horizontal rods, and kisosov are the vertical rods, which will fit better into the it's these horizontal rods which are the covers for each bread. These cups, these dishes, these rods, and these poles are all to be made of pure gold. We have now the shulchan. We have on the shulchan this uh, erect vertical rods from rod to rod are horizontal uh, uh, sticks or rods themselves and upon each of those rods horizontal rods are the ka'oros containing the breads and the breads are called lechem ponim and they are to be there tomid the shulchan is always covered with bread as one set of breads is removed on one Shabbos. Another set of bread is immediately placed upon the table. We'll learn in detail about that in Parshas Emor. But the Shulchan is always covered with the Lechem. So at this point, just to summarize, we are at Shlishi. We have learned basically about two of the Klei HaMishkon. The Oron. The Oron has in it the Luchos. And on it the Kaporis. And on top of the kaporas, the keruvim. Then we also turned our attention to another one of the klei mishkan, the shulchan, the table. The table is not just a table because on the table are vertical uh, poles, horizontal rods, bread contained in diffusim, in in forms, in dishes, and. Above each stack of breads uh, will be levona, will be frankincense, which is contained in kapos, in spoon-like bowls. So we have, have now two of the major, major components of the Mishkan, the Oron and the Shulchan. Both of them have crowns around them, the crown of Torah and the crown of Malchus. The crown of Torah, of course, very important, Torah scholarship, and the crown of Malchus, very important, majesty, royalty, wealth, and power. Tomorrow, Mirz Hashem, we will turn our attention to the next Parsha, Shlishi, and learn about the menorah.